Good job, Sammy. Appreciate that. Amen. Well, Brother Billy Ribbons, we know who you are now. Come preach to us a little bit. Let me stay. <laughs> you told us what your pastor said about you, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm golden. <clears throat> well, I want to thank you, uh, church, especially for the, the welcome that we've received so far. It's uh, been probably one of the warmest we received in churches we've been to, and I, I'm just, just grateful for that. Uh, we're going to be preaching out of uh, Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Romans 10, 13, title of this sermon is, How Shall They Preach Except They Be Sent? This is a, a, a two-point sermon. It used to be a three-point sermon, but my wife told me that you know, having those three points in there kind of drags it out a little bit, and, and I probably couldn't keep the, the attention of everyone to, through all three points. She said, other preachers could, but you, <laughs> you might have a little bit of a challenge. She said, no, boo, keep it at two, so I'll keep it at two. Romans chapter 10, starting verse 13. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, if anybody's ever dealt with anybody working in the government, whether it's at the local level or the state level or the federal level, they know that their entire life is wrapped around something called a regulation. Anybody work for the government in here? Good. <laughs> I feel liberty already. <laughs> I used to, so I know of which I speak. So any time you challenge them on something, they'll bring out the regulation, and they'll be looking at two words specifically, the word may and the word shall. If they look in that regulation, it says you may do something. It means you're allowed to, but you don't have to. It's not required. But if you look and the word shall is in there, then you must do what that regulation says. By the authority of whoever signs that regulation, you must do what that says. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say you may be saved, because that means you may or you may not be saved. But it says you shall be saved. So the Holy Spirit, who wrote the Bible, is telling you by His authority that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no other option. You shall be saved. So what else does the Bible say in verse 14? How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, it is such a, a blessing that you've allowed us to come into this church, Lord, and it's uh, by your will that we are here, Lord. Nothing uh, that happens is by accident, Lord. Everyone who is here is supposed to be here this evening, Lord. So I, I pray, Father, that you use me, Lord, for your purpose and whatever you would will for this evening, Lord, that let that be done. 
And Lord, if there is anyone here, Lord, who does not know you as Lord and Savior, Father, let this be the night that they would receive you, accept you, believe in you, Lord, and walk away a born-again child of God. Lord, we pray to you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So we see in this passage that God commands the church to send preachers. He, he gave the local New Testament church that, that, that body that Christ died for, that same local church that we're in now, the one that we come from is sending us to Trinidad, the one local church that we want to plant in Trinidad. The Lord Jesus gave them that great commission. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Amen. The local church has given that power. Christ has given the local church the power, the resources, the people necessary to fulfill that grace commission. The local New Testament church is the vehicle to spread the gospel to the entire world. It's not possible for this whole church to get up and go to um, the many places that we saw out there, the Philippines, uh, New Guinea, uh, Trinidad. So what you do is, is you send a preacher. You get together, you have somebody who represents this church in those foreign lands. So we know that God commands the church. What we want to look at through this passage is why. Why does he command the church to send a preacher? So again, there's, there's two points. The first one is the profession. And verse 13 is the entire uh, first point. The, the first word we see there is for whosoever. Whosoever. That word means anyone, any person, whatever. Whosoever is anyone who is in need of a Savior, which is everyone. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we are all in need of a Savior. The, the Bible that you hold in your hands is a series of invitations to come to God. From Genesis through Revelations, it's a series of calls for people to come to God. The, the last book of the Bible, last chapter, the last page is the final call in this invitation. The Bible says in Revelations 22, 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. These are all calls throughout the Bible speaking to whosoever. The, um, once you come into the saving grace of God, you are saved and you are saved forever. You have eternal life once you receive Christ. Uh, A.W. Tozer, he was a man who wrote several uh, deep the, uh, theological books. He was a preacher for many years. He started out in Pennsylvania and he went up to, to Canada. Go, go figure why he wouldn't go to Canada, but he went to Canada. He wrote this, our Lord has given an invitation that excludes no one. Whosoever is as broad as the human race. If you're here to, tonight, this evening, and you're not saved, then you are that whosoever. So we see 
The first there in verse 13 is whosoever. The next thing we say see is whosoever shall call. Well, what is that call? Well, if you look up a, a couple verses in, in uh, chapter 10, verse 9, we see what that call is. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the call. So the call is confessing sins and professing a belief in the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 tells us what that gospel is that you're professing belief in. It says that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. That is the gospel. Christ died, he was buried, he rose from the dead, and you can add into that, he ascended into heaven. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The call then is to God, professing belief that Jesus is his son, that he died for our sins, and that he rose from the dead. The Bible says that whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. So that is the call. The next thing we see in verse 13 is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. That, that name, that, that precious name of the Lord, that name Jesus, the beloved Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, the Good Shepherd, the Word, God with us, Lamb of God, Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, and friend. Yes, the creator of the universe calls us his friend. God gave Jesus a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Does anybody remember, it had to be a long, long time ago, Fram oil filter commercials? Anybody remember those? The, the tagline, the motto was, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. The, the mechanic would come out from underneath the vehicle and he was selling an oil filter and he said, you can pay me now, you can have your, your, your oil filter changed with these Fram oil filters, or you can pay me later when your engine blows up. You can bow your knee to Christ now on your own, or you can bow your knee to Christ at the great white throne. One way or the other, every knee will bow before Christ our Savior, either voluntarily by accepting him or at that great white throne of judgment. Every knee will bow to Christ. There is only one name to call for salvation. Bible says that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there is none other name, not Mohammed, not Buddha, not Vishnu, not Pope, not Mary, no other name. It is the man, Christ Jesus, is the name to call for salvation. So that, that is the, the last part of verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. So what are we saved from? Well, the first thing is, is the devil's hell. That's a pretty big plus. I like that one. The Bible says, For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. So we're saved from hell. We're also saved from God's wrath. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. A lot of the folks we deal with in Trinidad are Seventh-day Adventists. Not only do they believe that you must worship on a Saturday, they also believe that they are going to go through the tribulation period. Uh, if you talk to them, they'll, they'll, they're big on, on uh, camping and sort of um, uh, woodcraft sort of thing, and, and they'll, they'll gather up canned goods. They believe that at any moment, the tribulation might start, and they're going to have to go through that tribulation. But we know that the rapture will happen before the tribulation. The Bible tells us much more than being now justified by his blood. If you're justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So we will not see that wrath of God. We're also saved from death and the grave. The Bible says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So that's what we're saved from. What are we saved to? We're saved to an eternal life in a place called heaven, where the Bible says there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. There's, there's a lot of sorrow in this world. We're looking around at things that are happening in this country. It's bringing a lot of sorrow. There will be no more sorrow in heaven. There will be no more pain in heaven. I know sometimes I, I'll try to get up early in the morning and, and Re Rebecca's still sleeping. I'll try to, try to slip out of bed a little bit and I'll try to make my, make my way to the door and there'll be a big loud crack and it'll wake her up. I wish I could tell you that crack was the floor, but it's not. It's me. It's my knees. In heaven, there will be no knees cracking. In heaven, there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death. I'm looking forward to that place called heaven. And that can only get there through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the second point is the progression. That's starting in verse 14. It says, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed. So the Bible's telling us is we must believe in order to call, to make that call to Christ. And we saw in, in Romans 10, 9 that shall believe in thine heart. It's not a, a head belief in Christ. It's a heart belief. So what's the difference be, between those two? There was a uh, famous tightrope walker in the, in the mid-1800s. His name is uh, Charles Blondin, and he would do sort of different things while he was on his tightrope. Uh, one time he was like flipping pancakes on this little stove, but this certain time he had a tightrope going across Niagara Falls, and he was pushing a wheelbarrow across. And as he got to partway across, he could see the, the crowd on the other side, and, and there was one gentleman who was more animated than the rest. He was jumping up and down, running back and forth, and he was getting closer, and he could see that, that man. He was just 
really excited about what was going on. And when Charles got to the other side, he stepped off, and that man came up, running up to him, and was shaking his hand. He said, I knew you could do it. I, I, I told all these people, I, I have faith in you. I believe you could do it, that you could come across with that wheelbarrow. And Charles looked at him and said, do you believe I could take this wheelbarrow and go back on the other side? He said, sure, you just did it. I, I know you could do it. I believe you could do it. Charles said, get in. He wouldn't do it. He had head belief. He had a head faith. Christ wants us to get into that wheelbarrow. That kind of faith, that kind of belief, that heart belief takes an action. It takes something from us to believe with our heart that Jesus is the Son of God. No one would call on something that they didn't believe in. You have to have faith in something in order to make that call. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now here in the States, if you get in at some type of emergency, you get your phone and you dial 911. Because you believe someone's going to answer, you believe someone's going to address that emergency. When we go to Trinidad, we're not going to dial 911 if we're in an emergency because they don't have a 911 system. So we wouldn't call on something that we didn't believe would answer that call. So we must call, so we must believe in order to call, and we must call in order to be saved. What else does verse 14 say? Continue on with this progression. It says, how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? So we have to hear in order to believe. So we, we can believe without seeing. We all know that. That's called faith. Jesus said to Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So it's impossible to believe without seeing, but it's not possible. We can't believe without hearing what to believe in. Peter in, in Acts 15, 7 said, Ye know now that a good while ago God made choice among us. He said that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. The gospel has the power to save. Romans 1.16, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The next part of this transgression, again, is this uh, progression in verse 14. As, uh, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So the next part of that is the preacher has to preach the gospel in order to hear, to believe, to call. Uh, just like there's no believing without hearing, there's no hearing without preaching. And not just any words, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Trinidad, you're not always going to get good Bible preaching. Another reason why we want to start that church there. We've seen some Facebook posts of, of uh, church services, and it, it looked like a, a Calypso meeting. The, the guy's got the microphone, the, the people are jumping around. It, it is not a church service as we would believe, and it is not preaching the gospel. 
2 Corinthians 4, 5 said, For we preach not of ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That's who we preach. Uh, Acts 8, 35 says that then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. We preach Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.23 says, but we preach Christ crucified. 1 Thessalonians 2.9, for we remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. There is a, a pastor named uh, Dr. Raymond Barber. He wrote a book called Profile of a Preacher. And in that book, he asked the question, why preach? We have a mandate, he says, to glorify God in the bringing of the lost to a saving knowledge of Christ. We preach for souls. That is the objective of a preacher, to preach for souls, to preach the gospel, not to get up there and say, look at me, not get up there and, and say, this is my experience as life. It's to preach the Bible, to preach the gospel for souls, to win souls. You can't put a, put a value on the human soul. Uh, Christ said that, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He, I believe that he was equating, if you look at all the riches, all the billions and trillions of dollars that are in this world, combine that together, it's still not the price of a human soul. It is so much more valuable than any riches of this world. So we must call to be saved. We must believe to call. We must hear to believe. We must preach to hear. And then we must send the preacher to preach. Verse 15 says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? That is the Great Commission, to send the preachers into all the world to win souls. Do you ever wonder what the, uh, what the biblical model for missions are? It's, it's in Acts 13, verses 2 through 4. It's very, very straightforward. I mean, some of the, the most important things in the Bible are the most straightforward things. They're, they're easily understood. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord, this is the church at Antioch, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away, and they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia and from thence sailed to Cyprus. That's the biblical model of missions and missionaries. They come from the local church. The Holy Ghost calls them, the church sends them, and then the missionary goes. Amen. There could be other missionaries that I'm speaking to this evening. Maybe the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart saying, I want to get to the mission field. The church is the one that's going to send you. All you have to do is, is answer that call. So there could be a missionary here to answer that call. So the Spirit called, the church sent, and the missionaries went. The third point, I'm just kidding. 
I told you there's only going to be two. But I got it down in my notes. There is one verse that I do want to address because it kind of brings all of this all together. And it's verse 17. It's sort of the, the summary and lead into the conclusion. I've got good time here. Verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, a lot of times I've read that verse, and it said that faith comes by hearing the word of God, which is good, accurate statement. The more we read the Bible, the more we come into church, the more we hear the, the word of God, our faith grows. We, we, we come closer to God. If, if you know the author of a book, you tend to believe more of what the, is being written in that book. So our faith grows by hearing the word of God. But you can also look at that verse that says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, I don't want to add words to the Bible, but hearing comes by the word of God, which is the command of God, which is that progression that we read. So the command of God is for the, to send preachers so they can preach the gospel, so that people can hear, so they can believe, so they can call. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by answering that great commission by sending preachers into the field to preach the gospel to the entire world. So just to, to bring this all together and, and uh, give you a conclusion, it's that verse 17. And I just want to read from a, a, a commentator that just brings it all together. He wrote, so the words in verse 17 are the conclusion of the sum of the whole that as invocation is owing to faith, so faith to hearing, hearing to preaching, preaching to a mission, hence it follows, that is the original will of God to send forth his apostles and ministers to preach the gospel to the Gentiles as well as the Jews, that they hearing might believe and believing call upon the Lord and so be saved by him. So why do we send a preacher? Because God commands it. Why does he command it? So that they, hearing, might believe, and believing, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved by him. With all heads bowed and, and all eyes closed, as I turn the service back over to, to the pastor, Lord, we're just so grateful, Father, what, for what you have done here tonight, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that uh, all you wanted to accomplish has been accomplished, Lord, and if, if not, then it's, it's on my hands, Lord, and I just pray, Father, that uh, these words, Lord, would not come back void, that they would uh, be carried in the hearts of, of the, your people here, Lord, and again, Father, we're just so grateful for the opportunity to be here, Lord. We just pray a blessing on this church and, and all that they do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, I heard it once said that every Christian should either be going or sending. And why is that? That the world might hear the gospel. And brother, I appreciate that message. So true. Uh, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Some, God calls to be the preachers. Some, God calls to be the senders. But all of us work together that the world may hear the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother, I appreciate that message. Thank you for it. Uh, let's all stand. Melissa's going to play through a verse of invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.
Amen, amen. Been good to be in the Lord's house today. Thank the Lord for the service this morning, the service tonight. Thanks to each of y'all for coming, being a part of the service. If you weren't here, it wouldn't be much of a service. So thank each of you for coming, being faithful to the Lord's house. Thank you for being here. Be sure to slip over to the table, uh, talk to Brother Rivens, Miss Rebecca, find out about their country, what they're going to do, and... Uh, See what you can learn about it. And uh, always interesting. And uh, Brother Billy told me that once they get settled over there, that they're looking for church groups to come. So uh, uh, between Brother Tackett this morning, Brother Ribbons tonight, we might be able to uh, get all the restrictions lifted. We might be able to get back into going and uh, doing some mission trips. So just pray, Lord, give us wisdom and guidance there. Brother Tommy, would you dismiss us from the service and prayer? <clears throat> God, we pray, Lord, that uh, Lord that, that word would not, uh, uh, Lord, be without effect upon each one of us, that God, we would take heed to it, and uh, God, that we would find and do our part, that your word might go forth to all the world. And so, God, we pray your blessings upon uh, the ribbons, uh, uh, Lord, as they endeavor to do the work there, and God, we pray, Lord, that you would dismiss us now with your approval, and give us a good week, bring us back at the next appointed time. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.